opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome, everyone. Today on Housing Wire Daily, I'm joined by senior reporter Georgia Cromry to talk about the latest news in appraisal and valuations, including news about VA appraisals. Georgia, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Sarah. Always great to have you on. You, of course, um, really cover our federal beat, and that is such a huge amount of things to cover. But lately, um, you have definitely written some articles dealing with appraisals, and appraisal and valuation is a hot topic has been for the last couple of years, uh, just the whole industry kind of getting to like, what is um, what is a true value and how do we do that without bias? What are some of the t- uh, technology things that can help us versus, you know, when do we need a person? And then a huge part of that is like, what are the GSEs? What will they accept? What will Fannie and Freddie accept? And what are their standards? And so one of your stories goes directly to that. And that was about the VA. Can you tell us about that story? So, um, so this was kind of unexpected, but they are now um, accepting desktop and exterior only appraisals. So, um, so, so that they said is a response to um, high demand for VA appraisers. Um, you know, a, a lot of our audience will be familiar with um, with you know the 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 perceived and real delays in um, in the VA. Uh, appraisal process. So this is meant to to respond to that. Um, and you know, if if, if you recall, um, end of last year, VA raised um, their fees for um, for for appraisals. So um, so that was also to respond to um, high demand for VA appraisers because um, for VA appraisals. Um, there is a there's a fixed fee, whereas for um, for other other kinds of appraisals, um, appra- appraisers can negotiate the fee. Um, they can provide a quote, you know, depending on um, demand or you know whether there's a rush order or if it's a rural area or if it's you know just just something that's kind of a kind of kind of something out of the ordinary. They can they can negotiate a fee, but VA um, VA appraisals they um, they can't. So anyway, so this was so I think that in the context of that, it makes sense. This is the VA responding to such high demand for its appraisers and providing some relief on that. That has been a sticking point. As someone who gets a VA loan for every house that I buy, my husband is a is a veteran. Um, it really is. It, you can see people just be very nervous about that. Um, different lenders. Uh, different real estate agents they you know it has a bad reputation in my own experience it has actually been really fast to get a VA appraisal but um, you know obviously that's just uh, anecdotal but I do think that there has been such a an emphasis on like how do we help them and and anything we can do uh, I, I believe you wrote a story or at least you were part of the brain trust for a story we wrote about how sometimes the VA applications when it was a, a really hot market and people had multiple offers the VA applications would go to the bottom of the pile yeah that's true and you know it is really hard to disentangle what part of that um, you know preference for borrowers borrowers without VA mortgages is is because of things that have happened in the past and and kind of you know reputational challenges now and and but they're you know I, I think I think the 
it, it's it's not all just perception. I think there um, there there are some um, some additional difficulties there. And so, yeah, when people have a choice, they're not going to choose um, the VA borrower, which is yeah, really really unfortunate. Um, that's not how the program is supposed to work. So this change allows uh, allows in in some in some cases. Um, Appraisals to be done, um, you know, with without without necessarily a, a VA certified appraiser. It can be done with um, with a, a different appraiser, or it can be done with an exterior only um, inspection. So that that'll help when it's hard to get to the property, or when you know getting to the property would cause um, an undue delay in the appraisal process. So I, I, I'm curious what. VA certified appraisers think of this if they kind of feel like this is this is the VA um, taking them out of the process a little bit, um, but I'm I'm sure this is this is welcome news for VA lenders. So I really think, as always, it, the devil's in the details on this, and so you know some of the caveats they put in. I'm like, how helpful or widespread will this really be? Because, for instance, the VA said that its willingness to accept alternative appraisals was not a substitute for an appraiser's assessment of the appropriate scope of work and whether a desktop or exterior only appraisal could result in a credible report. So it feels like there's still a lot of uncertainty around this. If I'm a Lender, if I'm an appraiser, how do I decide? Yeah, this is this is one of the things that meets the criteria. Right. So a number of things on that. I think for an appraiser, does that like does that mean that you know if 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 a party later finds that it wasn't um, appropriate for a desktop or an exterior only appraisal, could that come back to the appraiser? Like they were the ones that were supposed to raise their hand and say this this doesn't result in a credible report. This isn't appropriate. Um, and then, you know, on the other hand, even if an appraiser um, says um, that that they accept the assignment, they can later decide that um, that it's not appropriate and kick it back to um, to the VA. So, um, so this this move is designed to um, to to uh, meet the high demand for VA appraisers. But if it, but you know, if 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 the process gets delayed by that much, it could it, it could go the other way. I'm not sure how much that will um, happen in practice. I imagine that if there are some kinks to get worked out, that they um, we'll hear about that later on. Um, but but certainly it's it's uh, it's it's possible that it that it ends up in ends up being a longer delay. It is really a, a thorny issue. Um, have you talked to appraisers? Did you get feedback on that story? And what do they think? I haven't heard directly from appraisers yet on it. Um, I would be very interested if you are a VA certified appraiser and you have thoughts about this, or if you're an appraiser, um, you know, who's, who, who might be doing desktop or exterior only appraisals as a result of this, that um, for, for VA loans, I'd, I'd be really curious to hear. Great point. We always want feedback and especially we love to hear from uh, people who are in the industry, right? People are doing just like what she said. We had other appraisal news. We had class valuation, um, acquiring uh, the AMC Appraisal Tech this week. That's right. Yeah. So more consolidation in the AMC space. I think um, that doesn't come as a as a huge surprise for people. I think it's 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 interesting in the context of all of the changes around alternative appraisals and and desktop appraisals. Um, you know, there are a lot of pressures on um, smaller AMCs um, who you know might might not have the ability to scale up 
um, and you know take on the costs of all of the technology needed to um, to to compete right now. So um, you know I was I was talking with the um, the CEO of the company that um, that was acquired, and their firm definitely falls into that bucket where he described um, the firm as. Um, you know, a, a, a boutique AMC, um, and they just, you know, you know, they they do not have the capability of a much larger AMC like class class valuation that has, um, you know, a wide a wide array of of um, technology in its um, um, in its in its portfolio. That M and A is uh, in the valuation space is. You know, just continuing to heat up, we had Veros uh, announcing that they acquired appraisal management company Valigent today, right? So that's just the latest M&A activity in this space. Yeah, it is. It is definitely really, really heating up. I mean, I, I think everyone um, expects that to increase. And, you know, I think all of the regulatory pressures on appraisal, um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I think it might, um, I, I think it might impact um, AMCs, you know, potentially more than it than um, than other stakeholders because you know AM, AMCs are not necessarily the ones that um, you know they they might not necessarily be in the loop on regulatory changes, but they are certainly impacted by um, by standards um, set by the GSEs. Um, so you know all of the um, the 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 push to do desktop appraisals and hybrid or bifurcated appraisals, um, you know, appraisals that rely on third-party data collection um, or appraisals that require, you know, photos and a, and a floor plan, uh, you know, all of that puts more pressure on, um, on, on AMCs to, um, to, to all that available. And so, um, so I, I, I think that is really driving um, a lot of the M&A activity. And I think we're going to see more of it. Have we heard anything recently from that appraisal bias task force or, you know, anything on that uh, from that whole um, push that we've seen that they're trying to figure out, you know, interagency task force that's looking at like, how do we get uh, appraisal bias out of the system? Yeah, you know, there was some messaging, um, I think, last month out of the House Financial Services Committee to, um, you know, kind of kind of re- reminding the relevant agencies that they were supposed to take action. Um, and, 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 you know, to be clear, I don't think any of them have um, blown through any specific deadlines or, um, you know, ab- abandoned the efforts. But I think, um, you know, the, the report came out. And it was um, wide ranging. Not all of it um, depended on legislation. I, you know, I, I think from from people I hear, the legislation, like you know, for example, the proposal to um, create a new agency to oversee um, appraisals. I, I I have not heard anyone um, saying that that's going to happen anytime soon. But but you know, some of the other stuff, I think I think it's it it seems to be marching ahead, kind of slowly but surely, and. Um, and definitely the appraisal modernization, the desktop appraisals, the hybrid appraisals, um, you know, that, that is also seen in the context of um, trying to reduce and mitigate um, bias. And, 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 you know, people in the industry, I, th- I think I have noticed a bit of a tone shift where I don't hear AMCs and appraisers, um, you know, d- take, taking, taking such a defensive stance about, you know whether or not there is bias in um, in appraisal. I think there's 
recognition that um, that uh, that there there is bias in, in appraisals and 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 kind of more willingness to um, to be open to to things um, that might mitigate it and um, and definitely desktop appraisals and hybrid appraisals and and um, alternatives to the traditional appraisal are seen by many people as something that could mitigate that just because it um, it takes away some of the human to human interaction that um, is inherent to the traditional appraisal. So if you have you know a, a, an alternative appraisal where um, the appraiser does not have contact with the um, the the potential borrower or the or the homeowner, you know that there's there's not as much of a um, a possibility for um, for bias and and you know that 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 seems very straightforward. It's certainly you know the the contact between the appraiser and the um, homeowner, you know, for example, was um, was one of the things cited in the um, in the complaint against class valuation last July for appraisal uh, appraisal bias. So you know, if you take that part out of it, then then um, then then that that maybe solves a lot of the problem. It's really true. And I think that, you know, also in some ways, the whole, like, there has to be that sort of interagency cooperation. I hope there's something even bigger that comes out of this, which is just like how, you know, you've sort of tied the hands of appraisers, AMCs, desktop, whatever you're, whatever you're talking about, if you are still basing it on comps that are historically based on, you know, some, some really terrible racist practices. I, I don't know how we get around this at the end of the day, until we really deal with that issue of like, the fact is we drew lines around neighborhoods and said, you can't, can't lend here, the redlining. And then what those neighborhoods have looked like, you know, how they were valued for years and years and decades is still affecting their value today. And until we really deal with that, I feel like, um, how do appraisers say you're an appraiser that has, has, you know, no bias that you're really trying to just do the, the best job there. You, you know, you're still hamstrung. You're still using comps because that's how you do this. Um, that are based on things that are just still uh, systemically a problem. So, from my perspective, I wish we could address that. And I know it's thorny because how do you fix that? Yeah, I think yeah, like you said, I think that is a much thornier issue, and that's and maybe that is a issue that's larger than just appraisal because you know the job of the appraiser is. Um, you know, also not to overvalue properties. Bad, really bad things happen, as we've seen when um, when when properties are overvalued, and and that that particularly impacted people of color in the last recession. So, um, you know, so 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 I I think yeah, it's a it's a that is a difficult issue. Um, I'm I I don't I don't know how you solve that, but I I, I think you know. Researchers that are working on that, the common thread I have um, I have heard is that access to historical appraisal data would certainly help um, to to to, uh, to to at least start to solve that issue. I think right now, too, over the last two years, appraisers have had a, just a completely challenging time to decide what properties are worth. Um, you know, value to me is always, it's one of those things. It's like, is it what someone is willing to pay for it? Right. If you're the GSC, it's like, you want to know what is the, what is the asset worth or you're an investor of any kind, what is the asset itself really worth? And what it comes down to mostly is like, what will someone else pay for it? And that has just been crazy over the last two years. So we had the, the run up and, you know, if you have 25 people, 
bidding on a house and some people are putting a hundred thousand dollars over just to win the bid, is it really worth that? Um, I, and I'm not saying that the appraisal came the appraisal on something like that would come in a hundred thousand dollars over, but in the rapidly changing volatile environment, especially starting in say May, when we had, you know, uh, interest rate changes and May, June, July, up till now, like, how do you value something that's changing so fast? I mean, I, I saw my own neighborhood that the market like shifted so quickly in about two weeks, like two weeks before that, if you had listed your house, you would have gotten quite a bit more. And then two weeks later, it was a, it was crickets. I mean, people were not, were not biting. And so like, if you're an appraiser, that's a pretty fast shift. You're looking at comps that are three months old, which all the way through 2021 was kind of problematic. And because it was like, you know, things have gone up in value so much. Well, in 2022, things might have shifted downward in that time. And how do you really judge that? Right. And, you know, like like you said, that appraisal, it, it might not have appraised for that crazy, um, crazy price that it eventually went for. But um, but even even those those cash sales or, or whatever the case may be, that gets factored into the data that's that's um, that's later used. Um, to appraise other properties, so it's like, yeah, the the I, I think one thing is like the the rapid rapid rise that we've seen, and then volatility, where you, you know how how does that get factored into um, to appraisals? How do appraisers think about that? You know, um, I, I I I wonder if if they are um, you know kind of being being more conservative when the market is so volatile i mean i i i don't know that's um that's that's really tough it's yeah i i think i think it makes appraisers job really hard um in addition to all of the um basically unrelated um regulatory pressures you know they have the regulatory pressures from from appraisal bias and then the regulatory pressures on the appraisal modernization i mean um it it, it all, all of this I just have to think it probably doesn't help, um, you know, the, the workforce is, is really declining anyway. So uh, all of all of these, it's like they're getting buffeted from from all of these different sides. You know, uh, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's been rough for appraisers. Well, um, I just so appreciate you being on and also appreciate your reporting on this. This is, you know, we really started looking at uh, the appraisal space more specifically as a beat a couple years ago, and you've really spearheaded that for us. So um, thanks for the great reporting. We'll look forward to what's coming next. And thanks for being on today. Thank you. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW+, membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insights.